This is the Firearms Trainers Podcast, Season 2, Episode 3, published on September 21st, 2021. I'm your host, Rob Beckman. Our topic today will be image-based decision drills. Our podcast is part of the ConcealedCarry.com network, brought to you by XS Sites, the fastest sites in any light. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at the FTA, the Firearms Trainers Association. Visit their website at ftaprotect.com to learn more about their instructor coverage they offer and their competitive pricing. Receive a special 10% off on your policy by entering promo code FTP10 at checkout. This episode is brought to you by the ConcealedCarry.com Firearm Instructor Network. ConcealedCarry.com is always looking for quality firearm instructors across the country to join the network. As a network instructor, you can take advantage of ConcealedCarry.com's advertising platform to fill your classes. Visit class.concealedcarry.com and click on instructor to learn more and see if it would be a good fit for you. Again, visit class.concealedcarry.com for more information. We bring you this podcast, support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Before we jump into this episode, quick call out. Just returned from the Guardian Conference at the Oklahoma City Gun Range. It was a three days packed with great instruction from instructors like Jeff Gonzalez, Andrew Bronca, Brian Eastridge, and lots of others. Lots of information absorbed. And I'm going to have some of those instructors on the podcast talking about improving as a CCW instructor and as using non-lethal OC spray. Stay tuned for some of those great episodes and make plans for the 2022 Guardian Nation Conference. A quick note, we've changed the podcast numbering as you've probably realized in the last couple episodes. Instead of being based on sequential numbering forum, we are now going to be season-based. So the first 130 episodes will be season one, and we'll be breaking down the future episodes into smaller chunks, smaller digestible, and easier for the podcast software to handle. Now let's get on to today's topic. Today, we're joined by instructor Shelly Hill from The Complete Combatant. Welcome, Shelly, and thanks for coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, we're excited to have you here, but before we dive into our topic today, can you give our listeners a little bit of your background and what you do in the firearm industry? Absolutely. Uh, my husband and I are co-owners of the Complete Combatant, and that's a training facility in North Georgia called Delonaga. And uh, we have a range here and we do firearms training, but we also do decisional training. And that means from the first signs of danger through making your decisions, earning space, continuing on with the decision process, uh, tool cycling. Then we go to what happens after an incident. Then we talk about calling 911, even what you do with, um, you know, asking for legal counsel and talking to your attorney. So we kind of look at things as a well-rounded training facility and offer a little bit of the non-lethal, less than lethal, and of course, lethal decisions. And that's kind of what we what we do here in, in Georgia. And Brian uh, travels the country. Uh, he is actually in um, Alaska right now as we speak. <laughs> and uh, he is helping uh, Modern Samurai Project, uh, Jedi and AJ with a class up there. So Brian's up there helping out. So he does a lot of traveling here lately. That sounds good. Well, I got Scott on my calendar for uh, October and be glad to uh, catch up with Scott uh, when he comes to town then. But hey, awesome. what is image-based decision drill? Um, you know, that, that seems like a heck of an acronym and I haven't heard it many places before. 
let's, yeah, let's kind of start with image-based decisional drills was kind of a love child of mine. And uh, in 2019, I started really diving into asking questions with Claude Warner, uh, the tactical professor who is an absolute um, a genius at, at decisions. And my husband, I am dyslexic. So it's very difficult for me to understand something in writing or when I read. So we started putting together a program and I said I wanted to do some some images and try to learn from there. And since I am dyslexic and dyslexia does affect your ability to read and spell and work numbers and even write or speak. I figured out that images and hands-on are um, something that is a very positive thing, not just for me, but it'd be for other people. So the definition of success for image-based decisional drills is to quickly make one good first decision based on visual stimuli and instantly act on it. So we're looking for confidence, decisive, efficiency, and an explosive decision. Okay. I've, I've done training before to where the beep goes off. I pull the gun and I, and I shoot, you know, and take the threat down. How does the image base differ from something along those lines? Mm, that's a really, actually, it's a very good question. Um, we still use the beep or we use some sort of visual stimuli for the go signal um, because we do feel like that that's important to have that, that pressure testing. What image-based decisional drills truly is, is where it started is a kit. And in that kit, you get 25, excuse me, 21 image cards. And it's really well thought out cards that you can use in dry practice or in live fire. And what you would do is you would set these images up. Let's just for our conversation, make it about dry practice where let's just say you're using a, a CERT training pistol. So it's, you know, you get the feedback of the, the laser. Let's just use that. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what you do is you, 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 you flip over an, an image and you'd have roughly five seconds to be able to see that image, um, realize what it is. It is happening to you, in front of you, beside you, behind you. And you've got that five seconds to make a decision on what you need to do. Could it be a verbal command? Could it be walk away? Could it be run away if you've earned the space? Proxemics play a huge part in this as far as uh, when you're talking about intimate, personal, uh, social, and public space. All of that uh, plays a huge part in your decision making. So then you think about, is it dark? Do you need a flashlight? Do we, uh, is it a tourniquet? Is it something that you, medical, that you may want to answer with, a, with the use of a, a, of a tourniquet? OC spray, and then of course, firearms. So there's eight major options that are most uh, common uh, for the image-based decisional drills. The hidden one is the ninth one, and that's going to be some sort of force-on-force -force training, martial arts that a lot of people don't have. But if you do, obviously bring that into your decisions. So it's not just a beep, go, draw, fold extension, go ahead and put some, some rounds down, down range. This is all about uh, making the decision on what needs to be done, then following up with the techniques. So decisions are more important than the actual techniques. Mm -hmm. Well, as instructors, I'm uh, 
hopefully everybody out there is educating their students that just because somebody can do something or something because it might be legal or seems to be legal, that sometimes it's not always the best option to use, you know, deadly force. Um, there are there are times when going along and doing hands on hands, you've got a you got a 12 year old that's coming in with a bat. Most of us could probably go along and stop that person from doing anything without uh, resorting to lethal force. But at the same time, if you've got somebody, you've got a 20 year old that's coming in there swinging the bat wildly, that could be a completely different situation. And that's where we've got to go along and look at the context, earn our space, you know, co- you know, make sure that we've, we know the exits are, know where their options are because in every situation we, we have a, a decision. We either act or we don't act. And that can go along and either, you know, save us and save the day, or it could haunt us for the rest of our life. And that's where as an instructor, really, really, really trying to educate our students on how to make the decisions that they might have to live with the rest of their life. But at least they know that, Hey, that was the only decision I, I could make. I, you know, I didn't have room. I couldn't run away. I couldn't do this. All those other options were out the window. So I had, had go the, uh, go down this, uh, this path. Yeah. You know, what's, uh, what's interesting with that is that so many people, when they flip over an image and let's just say it's an image of a, a person that is maybe two yards from you, three yards from you that has their fists up and, and they're, they're very angry and it's obvious they're coming down uh, to have some sort of blow to your, your face or your head, people will say, oh, I'd run away. Well, when you, when you think about the amount of time it takes to make a decision, the amount of time that it takes to turn, the amount of time it takes to actually head the other way, with that short distance of that person that is going to attack you, you can't run away. You don't have the time. You have to have another decision mm-hmm. that is ready. And that's where the, the proxemics have come in as far as the distance relative to your decisions. Obviously, the more time you have, the more decisions uh, you're able to make. Uh, one of the interesting things that we, we, uh, we have found through uh, teaching image-based decisional drills, the class, as opposed to just the kit where you practice this at home is Brian and I have found over this last year, year and a half, that we're able to track altered perceptions. And these are perceptions that are happening during the scenario and can happen in a real-life situation. Embellishment, uh, creative, um, uh, creating a narrative or storytelling, auditory exclusion. I can't tell you how many people don't hear the beep at five seconds. Then we're talking about color transference that they can't remember uh, if that person was wearing a white shirt or a red shirt because the car behind them. So, you know, was red. Are you a good witness? Uh, The most common thing we get is stalling. Uh, Rob, I'm telling you, people walk up and go, I don't know what I'm looking at. I'm like, yeah, you do. It's a dog that is uh, a German shepherd, whatever, that is angry and is about to bite you and is lunging at you. You see it but their brain doesn't quite process it. So they start stalling. Of, what is this? Well, and, and, that, and that's where you get into kind of a normalcy bias. Yes. You know, I'll, you know th- this isn't, you know, what, what exactly. could this be? And that's where yeah. you've got to be able to recognize the threats uh, before, uh, before the threat you know, gets to you. 
That's it. You've got the visual problems or I can't believe this is happening to me or like you said, the bias. And the last one that's really, really interesting is the the tachypsychia where you actually lose that sense of time. And it's a time dilation where people don't understand if they're slowing down or they're speeding up. And that five seconds, they have no idea the amount of time that's passing. And it's so interesting that we're able to actually track that. I mean, who can do that when you're on the range? Mm-hmm. Right. Who, right. Who, who can you how can you learn that about yourself or about your students if you're on the range? I mean, this is stuff that we see every single day when we're when we're teaching the, the, the image based decisional drills, the class. So this has been a big bonus being able to check this out. That's great. What's been some of the feedback you've been getting from students? Do they do they get excited about it, too, because, you know, they're thrown into all these different scenarios? Absolutely. Um, I think the most important thing, uh, or, or not, maybe not the most important, but the, what we're seeing the most, maybe just the most is people think they are going to react one way because they've prepped themselves. They've, they understand it. Uh, they think it's trickery, right? They're like, Oh, I've got this. And then they step up Rob and they absolutely freeze. They, they don't know what to do. And it's not because we didn't discuss that, hey, listen, if you're in a low light situation, let's go ahead and use the flashlight. Let's put it on the card and let's go ahead and ID. Let's see if we can see more, right? Mm-hmm. And let's go ahead and go from there. They'll pick up the, the OC inert uh, and try to use it as a flashlight because their brain can't cognitively stack all these little simple things that if we had two minutes to make these decisions, we'd all rock it, but we don't Mm -hmm. five seconds, which is truly a very long time. When you think about if an incident is going to happen to you, right? I mean, three to seven, I believe is what active self-protection. I think if I'm right, that's what they say. Three three shots, three seconds, you know, three yards. Yeah. Something like that, that you get the three, Three to five seconds and you're, yeah, your incident is over. So we picked five. So, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's interesting. Um, and the other thing that we found, which once again is another positive, is that a lot of people that come cannot wait to bring their teenagers. People think, wait a minute, isn't this a gun class? Absolutely not. It's all age appropriate. So we get ages 13 and above and we talk about pepper spray and free assault cues and, and uh, once again, the distance and everything else and, and, and verbal commands and ask and tell and make. And we talk about all of that and they go through the whole entire eight hour class and it has nothing to do with a firearm. So that is something that's very, very cool that we found that uh, that feedback has been uh, surprising and very welcome. Well, and the one thing I think would be, that would be really good to do, we all know there's non-permissible places where we can't carry a firearm. And we've got to go along and, and know what our options are in those kind of places. I mean, if you're at an airport, what do you do if somebody's getting in your face? Or what happens if you're in one of those you know, non-permissible places and somebody's got improvised? weapon and you know what can what can you do if you're not you know you're not allowed taking pepper spray on the plane you're not allowed to have a knife not allowed having a gun but you do have things you can do you know you talk about making space you talk about you know how do you go along and approach that because it really it really sounds very exciting from a standpoint it's it's a basic um 
self-defense or survival and not, yeah. you know, not where you go along and, and always rely on being lethal self-defense, but from the standpoint of that, if you see something, get out of there because, yeah. uh, you know, you have no duty to sit there and solve the problem. You just, you're just trying to sit there and save your butt and make sure you get back to your family. And that's right. And that's where the, the images come in because it is absolutely proven. It's science that images are stored in your long-term memory. Uh, quicker, easier to to um, to grab, right? I mean, when you see it, it's now in your file, if you want to call it in your brain, and it's it's your computer can just find that image, find that moment because it recognizes it. So that is something that's so powerful that that if they are in a situation, it, your chances are because of the image-based decisional drills, the kit that it's home that you work with. It, once again, it's basic, but it, it gets you. It gets you there or the classes uh, or even becoming an instructor. Uh, what it does is, is you're able to pull up that image and make a decision a lot quicker because of this type of training uh, than, than outside of that because, once again, it's stored in your long-term memory. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah. Yeah, I know, you know, law enforcement go through a lot of the simulator training, you know, where they see, and that's where, you know, you've got to, you've got to program your brain to be able to recognize somebody pulling out a black pistol versus pick, pulling out a black cell phone or pulling out some keys, those types of things, because I was in one situation, lethal force is appropriate. And the other situation, just going along, pulling your gun could get you into a lot of hot water. If not, you know, if you prep, pull the trigger, then you get even, even more hot water for it, but going along and programming the brain so they can recognize it. Um, you were talking about those images. I can think of things back, you know, from when I was childhood, what those pictures look like, yes. but I, I had to memorize Romeo and Juliet in high school. I can't, you know, remember that except for a couple common, common, uh, phrases from it and different things, but I can sure, remember sure. the, the, the images from uh, high school, from my uh, youth, all, all those uh, can very easily. So that's very appropriate. Yeah. When you think about it, children's books, they're just full of images because they know already that's how they're going to learn quicker. Right. So mm -hmm. it's the same thing. I mean, if, if I learn and have a learning disorder and it was very difficult as a child, Right. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I always questioned my my ability. Right. And uh, am I smart? Right. Because I had a hard time retaining. But once you we grabbed a hold of what was going on, then I learned how to learn. This is the same thing. So all we're doing is giving people that don't have a learning disorder, disorder or disability a step up. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's good. Welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you, you touched on just a minute ago. I uh, want to come back. You've got an instructor program because hopefully everybody's listening is getting, getting excited about this. And they just, you know, instead of just running out to your website and ordering the kit, you know, can you explain to what your instructor program is all about? Absolutely. What we have is this has actually, you know, kind of been born from, <laughs> if you want to call it, uh, the kit itself. And this instructor program has a lot to do uh, with Brian, where I am the person that, of course, came up with image-based decisional drills. And, uh, uh, you know, I know it inside and out. I mean, talk about, you know, knowing, knowing the program. Brian is the one. He is certified 
a force science analyst. He's an honors graduate from Andrew Bronco's Law of Self-Defense. He's ex-law enforcement. He is deadly force instructor, Masada Ayub. He's a team member of the active self-protection. I mean, and then, of course, he's got countless um, uh, certificates, master uh, uh, instructor, um, you know, firearms instructor, so on and so forth, uh, red dot uh, endorsed instructor. He's got all these things. So where I um, am, am, you know, obviously uh, I teach this. He's the one that gives the real information, if you want to call it, for our instructors. And the reason I like to say that is because since I don't have all those certificates behind me, it's really important that our people that are interested in being certified understand this is a true certification Mm -hmm. and it's really, really coming from a very good source. So that is one thing that I do like to like to tell you guys, but it actually, the, the, the instructor certification itself let me try to think how I want to how I want to say that it was born from the kit and we found that if we were able to teach people how to help people make better decisions then we are reaching more people there is so much more to coaching than just meets the eye Uh, When you're teaching this, you've got to expect many different decisions and reactions to these cards. Mm -hmm. Some people are going to react perfectly, uh, some not so much, right? Somebody may answer a lethal uh, option with a non-lethal decision and vice versa, right? Some will freeze. And what we found is people that had bought these kits, maybe a group leader of some sort, they thought it was going to be real simple to have a group together and try to teach and they weren't able to. So we thought, all right, guys, well, let's go ahead and, uh, and make a program that will be beneficial, that people can come to us or we can go to them and show them how to use our system, what the best way to teach Uh, or guide may be the right answer, guide, because everybody has different experiences, right? So I don't know what you did, Rob, a a year ago, uh, two years ago, 10 years ago, 40 years ago. And I don't know what the students do as well. So everybody brings their own experiences. We can't instruct them on what to do or say, but we can guide them and help them make one good first decision so they'll be able to get their students home safely and that's kind of where it came from was that was that too long (laughs) no that that was great the whole time you were sitting there talking about it i was thinking about students that i've had um yeah i actually uh, i actually had a student one time that i made cry and it wasn't because of anything I, I wasn't yelling at or anything else like that. It's because we were going along talking about um, ATM security and about yeah. watching watching your back on it. And unbeknownst to me, his wife had been murdered at an ATM about oh. 20, 25 years ago. Again, yeah. I mean, your, your pre-course questionnaire isn't going to bring up something like that. And then uh, just another one, same type of thing, did a force on force program one time to where literally when the person was presented with a with the moment to act she decided to start screaming 
even though she was sitting there holding, you know, a gun that she could be firing back at. And right. it was one of those to where she hadn't programmed into her psyche because the second time she went through, it was, you know, she did fine, but it's yeah. just one of those where it's like, okay, if you're presented with this, you know, how, in your own words, how do you make that best first decision? Do you run out? Do you do it? But it, you know, those were different things that you can't predict who, when, or where, and you've really got it from an instructor standpoint, got to be able to pick it up at that point and, you know, make, make it as uh, educational for the student and have the, and what I go along, have the student go through and kind of unpack what's going through their mind. And then, you know, without the pressure, make, you know, you know, was that the best decision for it? And they were, yeah, probably I should have done this and probably, yeah. and then that's where, that's when real learning takes place. It's interesting when we, when we actually teach the certification, we start off with them, obviously as a student. And what we do is immediately we measure their decisional process right off the bat with images on the screen and we give them 10 seconds. We don't teach. We don't do anything. We say, welcome, sit down, and here we go. Because if you do that, it's a fun way to get their gears turning. But then you, as the person that is teaching the class or teaching, uh, you know, and uh, people how to better, better uh, instruct, right, for, for image-based decisional drills, um, you get to know them because you get to see their first decision and you haven't done anything. Then we move into the going over the most common eight decisions plus that, that ninth option. And then we start discussing everything in detail, one decision at a time on how all of that works and you put it together. And once again, the, the capability, the tool cycling, the learning to see more, you know, recognizing changing is in your, changes in your environment, you know, all that good stuff. But then we revisit those exact same cards with their first decision again. And we talk about what, what would they do to change it? Right. Mm -hmm. So then we start cognitive stacking and that's where we can kind of see their personalities on where you, where you were and what your first decision was. And then as the class goes on, you can see where the learning is taking place. Then you move into the hands-on as far as using OC. It's inert, uh, you know, that type of thing and flashlight and your verbal commands and movement, you know, so you've got to have a few techniques that you give uh, people decisions is what we're teaching is how to make be better decisions. But once you've made that decision, it'd be nice to know that your thumb goes under the cap for the OC and you don't, you know, spray like, like Lysol. So it's these little, mm -hmm. little techniques that we do offer in this particular uh, class. And then we've got, you know, option cards and we've got expansion packs and we've got over 210 cards right now. <laughs> <laughs> you really enjoy this, huh? <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so much fun. We just just got Greg Elifritz. He just contacted me the other day and 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 had his eight cards. And we just we're just having a blast with this. And Paul Lathrop, uh, we're just having a blast. So we've yeah, we've got about 210 expansion or uh, uh, image cards now that you can uh you can really have some some fun. Lots of lots of learning taking place. So uh, you can definitely shuffle those up and even if somebody you know came through in the morning, you could go through in the afternoon or yeah. They came last year. You could, you, they could see a whole different set of uh, oh situations this, this Absolutely. year. And if you happen to get the same card and I can see the expression on their face, I'm like, oh, darn, I had this last year. I just go, okay, well, guess what? You have groceries on your left arm. Now make that decision. And they're like, mm -hmm. well, darn it. 
because it may be different, right? Contextual. <laughs> yep. You know, instead of being by yourself, all of a sudden you're, you know, you're with little kids right. or, or, you know, you're, you're, you're in a hallway, you know, Absolutely. instead of being out in the middle of a parking lot. Yep. Little, yes, little ways of uh, doing that. That's, that's really great. Well, hey, one other question got for you. And, yes, um, I, I, I know I've seen this on social media before, but can you talk a little bit about your mingle that you've done over the last couple of years? Cause I think that's been a really, really neat event for, uh, you know, some of the, some of the women out there that want to get that kind of advanced training and, and, you know, mingle with other women in the 2A industry. Awesome. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Uh, yeah, it's called the mingle. I think we're about to have our sixth, wait, is it, well, let me think our fifth year, our fifth year will be in May of 2022. And what it is, is we invite women uh, from all over the country that are in the professional realm of self-defense uh, or firearms training. So it is something that we invite them to come to our range, and it's usually a weekend. It's a Saturday and Sunday, and it's continuing education through firearms training with some top instructors. It's presentations, and the presentations could be on, um, you know, uh, evasion, or it could be on PowerPoint, or it could be on whatever, you know, it could be on the, the laws of self-defense or something to that effect. It could be the image-based decisional drills. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have the presentation. We, we offer um, let's see, it's 50 ladies usually come on Saturday and then 34 ladies on Sunday, but it's all about mingling. It's all about, you know, expanding your, your, your mind and your marksmanship. And what we found is a lot of people, uh, they just don't have time to train themselves because they're too busy training others. So we try to offer them a place where they can go. And, you know, once again, it's great food. It's great fun. We have a good time doing it and they get excellent education uh, one time a year that they get a chance to look forward to and train themselves. So we're all about the continuing education for the ladies in the self self-defense industry. That's great and, because yeah. obviously I'm not a lady, but I do, I, I do identify with that, that yeah. when you're teaching others that, you know, a lot of times uh, your own training um, yeah. just practice sometimes yeah. makes it hard. Cause it's like, okay, I'm going to spend an hour or two after class and, you know, do my own drill. Yeah, I might, but you know, is any, have I been in front of anybody who can go along and critique me exactly on my draw or, or how my trigger finger, you know, exactly. is resetting properly. All, all those little things that are finer points that will deter- deteriorate first. If you're Absolutely. not practicing them on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And if you're interested in, you know, in, in, in what we've got going on, um, uh, for 2021, we've got Lee Weems, we've got Her- Her- uh, uh, Howard, uh, Momberry, we've got um, Brian Hill, we've got Nathan Good, uh, we've got uh, myself, and those are the people that will be here in 2022, which would be absolutely an outstanding weekend of, of knowledge dumps there. That, so. that would be a great, great weekend, really yes, great sir. weekend. And um, Well, hey, we've been asking all our instructors this year that we've had, or all our guests that have been on here to recommend a book or an instructor that other instructors should check out in their, um, you know, education process. Do you have one in mind? I actually do. Um, This one, I I, I started reading a a couple months ago. I'm a slow reader, but I got to tell you, I'm loving it. It's called The Definitive Book of Body Language, and it's by Alan and Barbara. Their last name is Pease, P-E-A-S-E. And um, I'm loving this. It's got a little bit of humor in it. 
Uh, it's an easy read, um, but it is absolutely, uh, to me, so important in what we do here uh, for the image-based decisional drills is, once again, I've got to continue education uh, <laughs> as well, right? Mm-hmm. So this one here, but it talks about, you know, the body language of lying or, or losing interest or, you know, the folded arms, you know, what, what are they thinking? Is there a hostile, you know, attitude or, um, you know, is there a menacing? And then, of course, there's good um, body language as well, but I'm kind of looking for the closed minded that will help me, uh, as an instructor, know my students. Well, right. You've got to, you've got to be able to read your students, but it also helps when we're teaching the image-based decisional drill instructor certifications, uh, to help them with the body language as well. So yeah, I'm reading it. I'm almost done with it and I'm, uh, I'm liking it a lot. So I would suggest that book for pretty much anybody that's, uh, I mean, it's going to help them with their business, with their home, uh, with self-protection. I can't imagine where this, this type of information would not be beneficial as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're, if you're interacting with other human beings, uh, you know, that's one of those things where, uh, you've got to be able to read them, uh, appropriately to know whether you're boring to death or whether you need to spe- <laughs> speed up. I mean, those are very basic, you know, from an instructor standpoint, but yeah. also from a self-defense standpoint, you know, is that person just pissed off or, or are they, you know, checking me out from a standpoint, I might be exactly. their next victim. Exactly. And those Please. are some of the finer points that you really got to, you know, understand what those are and that yes, that'd be a great book i'm gonna put that on my reading list and uh <laughs> check it out also excellent i get a lot of books every week uh from the guest and i love it it's just it's hard to keep up with them all really hard <laughs> <laughs> hey shelly can you uh where can instructors find out more about the image-based uh decision drill the com- complete combatant and also your instructor program excellent uh we'll start with the complete combatant that is ready the completecombatant.com. And then we've got the image-based decisional drills.com. So we do have that as two separate entities, but they do cross over. So you can certainly check that out. And then I want to add one more thing that I actually didn't think about, but we also do something that's called smart choices. And smart choices is another uh, um, learning system for children, their ages four through uh, 13. And these are cards as well to help them make better decisions, not necessarily quickly. These aren't flashcards, but it opens up a discussion between you and your child on your parenting techniques and, you know, what you'd want them to understand is something that may be dangerous. And we have 84 cards and that's called Smart Choices. And you can get that at smartchoicesimagecards.com. And once again, it's all kind of related to making good decisions. That is uh, really neat because one of our previous guests, um, Gary Quisenberry, uh, he had a book that came out talking about, you know, teaching the kids on what to watch out for and how to react in certain situations and along the same lines as your image cards to pre-program them and get the cognitive stack ready that in case, you know, they get lost in a crowd or, you know, if somebody comes up and does this or that, you know, how should they react? And yes, absolutely. You know, that, that's yeah. one of those things that, uh, yeah, it's, uh, like I said, I got a whole lot of stuff I got to catch up on. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. This has been a blast. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming on, Shelly. Have a good day. I, I really enjoyed it. Thanks, Rob. Have a good one. 
that's a wrap on this episode. I want to give you a big shout out to everyone who talked to me at the Guardian Conference this past weekend. I do this podcast to help others, and it's hard to tell how much it helps sometimes. From the conference, I feel successful in my goal and truly appreciate everyone who listens, those who write, and those who I was able to meet in person. Now, let's announce this week's podcast winner. This week's winner is Eric D. He won a Flight 93 commemorative ball cap. Next week, we'll be giving away a laser dot trainer in either 9, 45, or 380 caliber. Visit podcast.concealedcarry.com to enter in for our weekly prize giveaway. Remember, you can't win without entering, and entries do not carry over from week to week. Share all our podcasts on your social media to help other trainers receive this great information. Guardian Conference, I realized there are a lot of people that are non-instructors who get great benefit from this podcast also. So remember, share it even with your friends that are not instructors. They might get some useful information from it. Also, remember to check our website where you can search for various topics, from marketing to instructor training to teaching people with disabilities. You can also leave us comments on each of the episodes specifically. If you have any ideas for new episodes, suggestions on guests to have, or feedback, please email us at ftp at concealedcarry.com. Visit our sponsors especially the Fireman Trainers Association, ftaprotect.com, and check out their instructor insurance. Being a responsible instructor means having insurance coverage. Remember, use promo code FTP10 for 10% off at checkout. We bring this podcast support in the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every fire instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Thanks for listening, and stay safe, everyone. Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.